0: Well, welcome to Northwest. I'm I'm new here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm new here today like some of you are new here. I'm Pastor Ryan. I've been on a sabbatical all summer, so it is very wonderful to be back with you. I'll tell you about that a little bit here, but so if it's your first Sunday here, we're we're experiencing the same thing today. So, but it, it's wonderful to be back. Uh, There's announcements about what's happening this fall, but it feels weird because I don't know what's happening, so I'll just read the card, right? But we are fully into our fall schedule, as you might have experienced with our our 10.30 worship time, but I invite you to be here. 8.30, we have a prayer time. 9 o'clock, we have uh, groups for kids, adults. Boy, we just had a fantastic adult class today with, over here, the Gospel of John, with Eric leading us, and people were sharing from their heart. It was beautiful. So I invite you to be here for 9 o'clock and then 10.30. This week, our Awana Kids Club kicks off. And we just send all the kids out. But uh, it's ages 4 to the 5th grade. They're here Tuesday nights from 6.30 to 8. So it's a wonderful program. Kids are learning, being discipled, having a great time. It starts Tuesday night. So if you have a kid, if you know a kid... Let's get them in here. There's some information out in the lobby, how to sign up, or you can go to our website, northwest-church.com. Another ministry that kicks off tonight is our Freedom Sessions. And uh, I was in conversation about this way before I left. It's an amazing ministry getting deep down into your heart and your life, and how do we give all all of it to the Lord? How can He do deep inner work? And so that begins tonight. There's information out here in the lobby if you take a left. And I believe the the first two nights are come and see, right? Saying come and see, come get a sense of it before you have to buy a book and commit. But if you're ready to give freedom in some areas in your life, tonight here, 6 o'clock, I'd love to have you be a part of that. Okay, those are things that I think are happening. I'm pretty sure are happening. But like I said, um, it's good to be back. I'm back. Did I go up there? I don't know how to operate my thing. One of my kids helped me by disabling my stand. By disable, I mean rip off entirely. So uh, I'm gonna have to have to order a new one. So there we go. All right, that's back. And I was thinking, what do you, what do you even, what do you say? What do you talk? I've been gone for 13 weeks. What do I preach about? And so I thought I'd just just tell a little bit about what happened. Uh, I was thinking it could kind of be like, you know, watching... A, do you, some of you remember when someone would go on a vacation and they'd be so excited and they'd come back and show you a slideshow. I'm not talking about power... I mean a slide. You know, you remember all this click, click, here we are at the Grand Canyon. Click, you know, here we are when we lost our purse. So I'm going to do that to you today. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to... I came in this week and stared at my office walls for a while, like, what did I do? What did I used to do? So... So at the risk of boring you with our summer, I did want to share some things that happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, we'll just just share it all with you. So I I got some photos here. And uh, let's start with the good. The good of the summer, my daughter graduated from high school in June, so that was a big deal. That was a big deal, and I I wrote some things that we were going to do while we were gone. We did paint the house, to which, uh, I don't want you to think that Heather made me do it. She is a painting machine. She was all over it, and so we painted. There I am, up there, closer to heaven, praying, and, uh, and getting going, spraying the house. I thought for about three minutes about rolling the whole thing, and then changed my mind immediately. So... So the house is done. That was a huge, I don't want to do it again, but we got her done. So the, the house got painted. We did that. We had lots of time. My sister lives in Illinois, so her and her husband and two boys came out, and we had a great time with my sister and family. We were eating at the birch door. Great omelets if you want a good omelet. So these are some good things. There we are. Maybe I won't tell the location so everyone doesn't run there sandy morris's house so anyways uh (laughs) live on a lake it's fabulous and uh so that's some things Then we we got to go to a couple bells games that's the bells mascot dinger and um if if you want cheap family fun in bellingham it is it is a great it's so fun to go to the bells game and you sit right down there and you it's amazing and it's fun and this kind of country I don't know what guy with suspenders and a giant gut comes out and sings the the seventh inning stretch and it's just fabulous. So we got to go to some Bells games. We got to go to some Mariner a Mariners game. We were gifted some tickets so and they won in the eleventh inning. Heather prayed to add that game end, she was done it was time to go home she's like please let this game end and then swore hit a home run and we got to leave so that was in the 11th inning. She's I like, please let this game end so so that was a great time we took a trip to Sun River Oregon our family trip that's Caden and I on the tandem bike I keep waiting for him to be in the front and me to be in the back but we're not we're not yeah <laughs> we're not there yet we're not there yet. So there's just some shots of there. So lots of good family time and uh, some fishing there on Woodby Island. Uh, fishing is different than catching. We won't discuss further. Okay. <laughs> fishing. We were breaking in the boy on a level wind reel. So if you've ever broke someone in on a level wind reel, it means a lot of picking. So if you know fishing, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, we were breaking him in on that. And uh, it, the summer ended with taking my daughter to Grand Canyon University There we are, loading boxes in 107 degree heat. I know what a cooked Dutchman smells like now. (laughs) That was hot. That was hot. But anyways, we got her settled in, and this was us saying goodbye. Heather was very emotional, as you can see from the photograph. All right, Dad might have shed a few tears. But uh, so we got her settled in, and uh, the. Josh Knapps is there well, as well, so we got to enjoy the Naps with us down there in Arizona. So those are some good things. Some some things that I did is I spent some days, I'd go in the morning to a coffee shop and just spend some time reading, praying, studying, just for fun. I'd also talked about needing to finish an ordination document, so I got all the way through it. It needs one more edit, but I did get all the way through that and remembering things from school days, going, what did I used to write here so I had lots of good study time, and the beauty of being on sabbatical is as soon as I felt tired, I just stopped. I'm like, well, I'm, I just did an hour. I'm done. I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to read. I had, I had no pressure, so that was really nice to have that. I did some coaching. Some of you, if you were here last Sunday, Pastor Kevin was preaching. I met with him, I think, six or eight times over the summer and just personal coaching, coaching for the future, so, so it wasn't all playing. There was some investment in our future as a church, and he made a huge investment into my life, so I really appreciate Pastor Kevin, and uh, so spent some time doing that. So those are just some, some good highlights of the of things we did. I put some bad highlights up here. Uh, so 4th of July weekend, we were going to do the most American thing you can do. Little League baseball tournaments, right? Is there anything more American than Little League on the 4th of July? My nephews both play Little League down in the area. So we went down. We're going to spend all weekend watching their tournaments, barbecuing and having a great time and then COVID. So <laughs> come on home. That's the end of that trip. So uh, youngest got it. He was okay, but you know, just kind of bummer. So that was part of the bad. And then on that faded trip to the Mariners game, Our catalytic converter was stolen out of our Prius. That's not actual footage, but the thing is like an inch off the ground, and somehow they're one of the top cars for having your catalytic converter stolen. So there's a picture of how they do it. Just roll a little thing under there, they jack it up. If you have no idea what that is, I'll just tell you if your car sounds like a car, or do you want your car to sound like a Harley Davidson? As soon as that, it's inside the tailpipe, it's part of your exhaust system. So, someone cut it out. We were driving around. I saw people actually horrified at the sound. A mother, like, pulled her children back from me, (laughs) driving a Prius that sounds like a Harley. There was just... And other people were pointing and laughing. It's a horrible sound to have your catalytic converter stolen out of there. So, if you do have a Prius, I can tell you about a metal shield that you can install. I can tell you how to do that. But anyway, so we got the catalytic converter stolen and then fixed and it's a real bummer there's precious metals in it if you want they, they take it and it's a very sad deal so that was uh, that was part of the bad then the ugly was that uh, Lauren was actually in a, a serious car accident right when we started she was rear-ended and pushed all the way through an intersection thankfully she did not get pushed into the power pole that was there then the person proceeded to back off of her car and drive away and cause additional accident and drunk driving. Hit. So it not only was a terrible accident, not only ruined her car, there was a there's an on. it's taken forever to bring resolution. And so that was definitely the ugly, that was definitely the ugly, but some thankful citizen followed this person and was reporting to the police where they went, so they were able to get them and all that legal stuff still ongoing. But anyway, that was, that was scary. That was ugly. That was a hard thing for her to emotionally go through and then a frustrating thing for, for us to deal with insurance and on it goes and not even necessarily the insurance, but the person saying they didn't do it and they weren't driving. And so anyways, that was the ugly. So there's a snapshot if you're going, what kind of church is this? Telling, I wanted to give you some flavor of, of things that happened and highlights, good, the bad, and the ugly. And I just thought, what do, what do I preach? What do I preach about coming back? I feel so out of the flow. I, out of, where are you at? Where are we at? What's been happening? So it was a little bit flying blind. But I thought I would just preach a prayer. I'm going to preach a prayer, and there's a prayer that's prayed out loud. So if you want to go to the Ephesians chapter 1. Paul's praying, the writer is a man named Paul, he's, he's praying and he's writing down what he's praying. So it's one thing, you've ever prayed for somebody, I'm going to pray for you and you pray for them and you are faithful to pray for them, but the person being prayed for doesn't necessarily know what you're praying. This is an instance where Paul is praying for a group of people and he says, I want you to know what I'm praying I want you, I'm going to pray it out loud for you. I'm going to write it down. I want you to see, I want you to hear what I'm praying for you. And it's, it's, um, it's expressing someone's deep, heartfelt de- desire and longing for a church. And so I want us to read it and see a deep, heartfelt desire and longing that I would have for us and for our church. So I'm going to do a prayer out loud. So we're in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Let's read the prayer and then we'll look at it. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So that's the prayer. And uh, we're going to look at this, this prayer here. In verse 15, you see, he says, For this reason, because I've heard, of, I've heard of your faith. So he's not present. Paul did spend several years in this town in Ephesus Preaching and a church was born, but this is he 's writing after the fact he 's not there anymore he 's been gone, and he 's hearing people report, Hey, the Ephesian Church is doing well. The Ephesian Church is following Jesus. the Ephesian Church is growing he says i 've heard of your faith, and so I thought that 's kind of how I am i 've been gone for three months i don 't know how things are going i don 't know how, how people are doing, and so then I start hearing stories oh yeah they 're doing well, and they 're serving and I heard the story of our baptisms, a couple. Uh, weeks ago it was just so. I, when I heard that one, I was really sad to have not seen some of these students get baptized. So really cool. But I've heard, hey, the things are going well. People are doing good. And so I had this sense with Paul. I've heard of their faith. I've heard of what you're doing. So verse 16, he says, "I do not cease to give thanks for you." So I don't want to go any further without thanking you, if I can do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for blessing my family. Thank you for giving us a summer off. Thank you that my key still worked at the end of the summer. and I was able to get into the office. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for caring. Thank you for supporting us when we're doing no work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our elders. They were... I was trying to think of the right word. It wasn't forceful... I think adamant is the right. They were adamant that they would cover everything. Don't worry about anything. You need to go. It was, it was almost forceful, but in a good way. Like, hey, stop worrying. You need to leave. Don't worry about it. We will cover everything. We will lead everything. We will support everything. Go. So I just appreciate our elders. Some of you are here. And, um, and I appreciate Pastor Mark. That was one of the biggest things I heard from you. Oh, Mark's doing a great job. Mark's doing a great job. It's a great job, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for welcoming us back. So I just want you to know I'm thankful, thankful to you, thankful for your sacrifice, your investment into ongoing ministry here. So thank you. I do not he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. So I don't quit thanking you. And he says, remembering you in my prayers. All right, now let's do the sermon part. Here we go. Okay. I want you to feel thanked. And he says, I remember you in my prayers. In all honesty, I pray this prayer over our church a lot, even this morning. So I want to look at this prayer, and it is praying out loud what we need to know. So we're back to school. We've got some teachers here back to school. Students are back to school. I don't know if when you were a student or as a teacher, you get this question. Kids say, well, what do I need to know? As if you're teaching them a bunch of useless stuff. Well, what do I need to know for the test? Give me what's the bottom line. Anybody that that way? Like, I don't want all the fluff. Just give it to me. Nobody's owning up to it. Yeah. Maybe the teacher's in. The teacher raised his hand. No messing around in Mr. C's class. But there is that. What do I need to know? What is the bottom line? Just give me what I need to know. And that's what we're going to see in this prayer. What do we need to know? If Paul is going to pray over a church... What are the core things that are so important that he says, I don't stop praying this for you, right? There might be short-term prayers. I'm praying for this thing. I'm praying for this health. I'm praying for this circumstance. But he says, what I never stop praying, what I don't ever cease to pray, are these three things I'm going to show you. He's praying out loud what you really need to know. This is utmost important. I'll show them to you quick. We need to know God more. That's number one. These will come up again. I'm just showing you an overview. We need to know the hope of the future, the hope for the future. So, number one, we need to know God more. Number two, we need to know the hope for the future. And the third thing is, we need to know God's power for the present. Now, again, He's not telling them these things, He's praying them out loud. I want, because this is of utmost importance. So we need to know those three things. So the first one, we need to know God more. Let's look at this part of the prayer. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So he's praying to God. right. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he's the father of glory. The father of glory. That means it's not just that he's glorious. He's the father of everything that is glorious. Magnificent, weighty, bright, important. He's the father of everything that's important. And his prayer to that, to that God the Father is that he may give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So this is specifically, he's praying that God's Holy Spirit would work in our life. The Holy Spirit is the gift to the church when Jesus departed earth, when he ascended. In John 14, 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, this is dumped down to verse 26. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So he's specifically praying there that the Spirit, the gift of God, God sent in the name of Jesus who is our helper, who's with us forever. He says, I'm praying that, that through the spirit that God will give you the spirit and the spirit he particularly says of wisdom and of revelation. The spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Wisdom is that you know, skill. Wisdom is often used of skill in the Bible. The people who were called upon to make the, the temple furnishings were skillful. The people that were called to embroider these patterns were called skillful. They knew the best way to do things. So wisdom has not just the knowledge, but it has an actual application. I know the best route, the best path, the best application, the best way to use this tool or that tool, they're wise. So he's saying, I'm praying that the spirit of God who has wisdom, what what does the spirit of wisdom do? What is wisdom? Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is inside. So the Holy Spirit is given to us to give us wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is to actually fear God. To fear Him. To put Him first. To not make a decision without Him. To not act on your own behalf, but say, I'm His. And so He's saying, I'm praying for you. That you be filled with the Spirit of God. Of wisdom, the spirit that helps you fear God and live for Him. Another one, this one was amazing to me. This is in Isaiah eleven, one and two, speaking of the coming Messiah before Jesus comes. It says, There shall come forth from a forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge in the fear of the Lord. If you put these things together, the spirit that rested on Jesus Christ, the Son of God when he walked this earth, was a spirit of wisdom and knowledge. Paul prays for this church, I want you to have the spirit of wisdom. He said, I want you to have the very thing that the Lord Jesus Christ had the spirit of God filling him with wisdom and knowledge and the fear of the Lord what a huge prayer what a huge gift to say the, the very spirit that, that filled Jesus that brought him wisdom and counsel and fear of the Lord He said, I want that for you church because I'm praying they'll give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him the idea of reveal is to open something to take something hidden and make it open and here it's particularly in view of relationship. Revelation in the knowledge of him. And so it's important that we separate factual knowledge from personal knowledge. Now you can know lots of facts about people. You can know lots of facts about God. You can know lots of theological words and places in the Bible. But this is not talking about facts. This is talking about personal knowing. Have you ever had a coworker? And you worked alongside them for years. Or even another church member. And you worked alongside them for years. And you could get the job done. And you knew their name. And you knew what their car looked like. And you knew their, their family's name. But you didn't actually know them. Have you ever had that? And then one day maybe you're having lunch at work. And they're like, yeah. And uh, my wife's dealing with this thing. And, and, uh, and you're like, oh, I actually never know anything personal about you. They say, yeah, no, I actually grew up. And I was a foster child when I grew up. And whoa, I never heard that about you. You can be next to somebody. You can work in an office with somebody and actually not know them. You can work know them. You can even worship with people. I always tell people, we can, we can sing with strangers, and then when you show up to a class or show up to one of our serving days, and you're raking leaves, and someone's like, yeah, this is where I grew up, and this is my story. And all of a sudden, you know that person. Things have been revealed. Things have been Opened. So this is not talking about being around God. This is not talking about learning theological facts. This is not reciting the various omnis of God. Well, he's omnipotent and he's omni. This is not that. This is an opening in a personal way. Just the way someone you maybe are getting to know, they begin to tell you about themselves. And they disclose how they think and how they feel and what's happening. And you actually know them. You actually know them. Here, he's saying, I'm praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That God himself would become known to you. And you would be known to him. Right? It's not an external, I want you to know Bible trivia. I want you to know the living God through the spirit of God that he sent to you. The very spirit that filled Jesus that gave him wisdom and knowledge. He said, I want that for you, church. And so that's our first prayer. We want to know God through the Spirit. So that's the first one. We're praying out loud what you need to know. We need to know God more. Not about God. God. That we would encounter him and know him. And we would give ourselves to him and he would be in us. That's my prayer for us, church. We would know God more in a personal infinite way as we listen to his spirit as we respond to him as we fear him as we put him first we would know God more all right the second one we need to know the hope for the future so right now we need to know God more next thing he prays so we would know the hope for the future verse 18 having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Here's the eyes of your heart. It's like you know he's going. Well, this isn't how biology works. This isn't physiology. Your your heart doesn't have eyes. It's an organ. It's a muscle. It pumps blood. But he's talking about your inner self, your inner knowing, your true self, the eyes of your heart, your spiritual self, your you. You know whether it's really you. He says I want you in the deepest part of you, to be enlightened, to be aware that you may know what is the hope. I've talked about this before. Hope is defined as a confident expectation. There's something going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. That's different than a wish. A wish is something you would like to have happen. I wish that the Seahawks send Russell Wilson home with a big fat loss, sad, regretful of Even though I'm thankful for the Super Bowl, it's all in the past. Okay, sorry. That's tomorrow. Today, we're here. But that's a wish. It might go the other way, and he'll whip us, and we'll go, I wish we didn't trade him. But that's, those are wishes. Those are wishes. Hopes are things that you know are certainly going to happen. I want you to know the confident future that you're waiting for, to which you've been called to, and what is it? It's the riches of his Glorious inheritance in the saints. It'd be easy to read that wrong. What are the riches of my inheritance? What am I going to get? Nope. Nope. Doesn't say that, does it? His inheritance. Not your inheritance. It's not, I can't wait. I'm going to get grandpa's farm. And I've all the. Nope. No, it's not talking about your inheritance. What are the riches of his inheritance? That you, as a believer, are inherited by Christ. You're part of his inheritance. This is even told way back in the book of Deuteronomy when God takes the nation of Israel to himself to be his people. In Deuteronomy 4.20 it says, But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be a people of his own inheritance as you are this day. God has always been about bringing a people to himself and he calls it inheritance. This is mine. I have it forever. And we'd say for us today that The Lord Jesus took us out of the iron furnace of bondage to sin and death. He's taken you from that. He's took the death for you. He's brought you out of your bondage to sin and death, out of our condemnation under sin, and he's brought us to be his inheritance. He inherits the nations, and you get to be part of it. It's not your inheritance, it's his. And he's saying, I want you to know the hope that I've called you to, that you will be part of people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation before the throne of God and the kingdom that he has prepared in the new heaven the new earth. You are part of his inheritance and you're part of the riches of that inheritance. He says, I want you to know that. I want you to know that. I always, I love this one of my favorite passages in Revelation 21. It describes his inheritance. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride for her husband. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. See that he's inheriting. It's his. And he will wipe every tear away from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning. Nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Right? What do we need to know? Was he praying? You need to know the hope for the future. The hope for the future. Uh, two weeks ago. My grandma entered the future. She was... Maybe 14, was it 14, 15 years in a wheelchair with a bad surgery gone bad? Last few years in a bed, forgetting who we are, forgetting who she is, wasting away. And she stepped into heaven a couple weeks ago. We need to know that. That's not, our life doesn't end in that bed, broken, forgetful, wasting away. She's in heaven, she's already entered. That's where we're going. Either you're going to die. Or Jesus is going to come get you. And you're part of his inheritance. He inherits the nations. You're in his family. In his kingdom. Without death and sorrow and mourning and pain. You need to know that. Well, you need to know that when we live on this earth. And things are broken. And our community is deteriorating. And, and there's still wars going on. There's a certain future. We need to know that. So you keep going. So you keep going. So we need to know the hope. You are part in Christ. You are inherited by him. He has you forever. So the third one is. We need to know God's power. For the present. God's power for the present. So in verse 19 it says. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. Toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might. So this is kind of a funny thing he does here. He says, I want you to know the immeasurable greatness of his power. Well, how big is it? Well, it's immeasurable. But I want to, well, how big is it? Well, it's immeasurable. I mean, it it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't measure it. It means it's beyond. It's so big. He says, I "I want you to know how great his power is. It's beyond measure. And then he's going to go ahead and measure it. Okay, what's his power like? Well, it's according to the working of his great might. So we have lots of units of measurement right? We measure how powerful is your car engine. What do you measure that in? Who oh, no, knows? say it. Horsepower, right? I looked up that formula, but then I forgot it, right? We have, okay, we have how much pressure is in that tire. What do we got? We got pounds per square inch, right? PSI. We measure torque. We measure foot pounds. We measure watts. We, there's, we have all these units of measurement. We measure temperature. How hot is it? Right? It's, we have we have Fahrenheit heat. We have we have uh, Kelvin. Remember, in eighth grade shop, we had a glass burning oven, and it was 2,300 degrees Fahrenheit. They put it in a room full of eighth graders. <laughs> we would get as far back as we could and chuck pencils in there and watch them just go poof when the shop teacher wasn't looking. But anyway, I'm still amazed they turned us loose with that bad boy. That was hot. That was hot. So we measure all kinds of things. How strong, how powerful, how fast, how hot, how far. We measure things. How much pressure, how much torque. We measure how much power is available. Right, he says, I want you to know the immeasurable power of God. And, and Well, what is it like? He's going to give us a unit of measurement. It's not pounds. It's not miles per hour. He says, it's according to the great working of his might. Let's look at this measurement. That he worked in Christ... When he raised him from the dead. There's a unit of measure. How powerful is God towards you? How powerful is it? The power that raised a dead body from the grave. That's pretty powerful. Let's keep going. How powerful is it? And he seated him far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. He didn't just kind of bring this guy back to life and he limped along and wheezed the rest of his life. No, he brought him to a glorified, resurrected body that will never die again, that's eternal, and then he seated him in the heavens above every name that is named. Every spiritual being, every ruler of earth, everything opposed to God and for God bows to the name of Jesus Christ. He's far above every name that's named or could even be named, right? Not only in this age right now, but in the age to come. Forever, Jesus reigns. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? He put everything under his feet. So when you're thinking today, you're praying, and you're concerned, and I'm bringing this thing before you, can God really do it? You need a unit of measurement for God's ability to work in your life. His power that raised Jesus from the dead and glorified him. That power is available. That power is who, that's who you're praying to. The one above every name. You pray in Jesus' name, right? There's no greater name. There's no one that can do more. There's no one that can walk up to him and say, no, actually, no, we're not doing that. Nobody does that, right? They're under his feet. right? He He put all things under his feet. So Jesus goes as high as he can go, and everything else is under him. He's the head. That's how powerful. It says they gave him his head there in verse 22, all things under his feet. He gave him his head over the church. So he's head over us, which is his body. So we're the body. He's the head. It says the fullness of him who fills all in all. I read this in NIV this morning. It's the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Rick, that was for Rick. He's my NIV guy. But just this, this Jesus Christ is the head of us, but he also fills us in every possible way. He fills our church. He fills our life. He fills our present. He fills the future. He's everything we need. So he says, I want you to know that. Remember, Paul's praying these things. I'm praying for you, church. I'm praying what you need to know out loud. You need to know God's power for the present is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that can put him over everything forever. It's the same power. So there's our prayer praying out loud. I pray that out loud over us, over you. Paul's praying it out loud. What do I want for us? What is our hope? What is urgent on our mind? That we would know God more, Know him in experiential reality. There's certainly information to be known, but I want us to personally know God through the spirit. I want us to know the hope for the future, no matter how bleak your life is, or life on earth is, no matter what's happening, this is temporary. His kingdom is coming. He inherits everything forever. So that's coming. It's, it's, it's an expectation. It's not a wish. I wish Jesus would take care of these things. No, he will. We just don't know when. He will do it. And I want you to know God's power for the present Sometimes we pray, I even pray prayers where I have to kind of, I'm helping God. God, why don't you answer this prayer? If you could bring someone into their life to do this other thing. Oh, thanks, Ryan. I never thought of that. All right. Good thing you're here to pray, right? He's got unlimited power, unlimited resources. That's who you're praying. We don't have to help him in prayer. So as I wrap up, I thought a couple questions with these prayers in mind. What do I think I need versus what I really need? I hear that a lot from my kids. What I need is this new joystick that will allow me to fly the space shuttle through my Xbox. Like, I don't think you need that. You want that. So, what I think I need and what I really need. I just look in view of this prayer. What do I think I need? But what do I really need? I really need more of God. I really need His hope. I really need His power. Just wrestle that out. Is there an area in your life where you're, you're thinking, I think I need this, but maybe I don't. I could readjust that. So what do I think I need versus what I really need? And then the last one is what, uh, what I am worried about versus what God is in control of. Anybody worried about anything? Anything stewing on your mind? Your family? Your school? Your neighborhood? the health? Global crises? There's all kinds of things we could be worried about. But what is God in control of? Everything. So that's a, a way to evaluate. What am I worried about? Am I thinking about that? Or am I thinking about what is God in control of? What power does he have? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this body of believers. I pray this prayer over them. Lord, that they would know you more, that we would know you more in wisdom and revelation. Lord, I pray that we would have a confident expectation of what you're going to inherit, us included. Well, just let us have a peace about what's coming. And I pray, Lord, that we would have a sense of who you are in our life right now. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, that's who we're praying to. Christ that fills all of us in every way. You fill this church in every way. That we would have a sense of that, Lord. I just pray that you be with us this fall. Be with us as we go forward. Be with us as we reach out this week. Thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.